I want to know everything there is to know about you. I am going to introduce me. You must have spotted her by now. She's always there. Don't I deserve love? Somebody has to like me best. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Don't Know Her podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Michael. And we are here again to celebrate some icons of cinema who we feel deserve a lot more love than they otherwise seem to be getting. Um, But this week we are changing things up in celebration of this time of year that we're putting this podcast out. Uh, Why don't you set us up, Michael, and tell us what we're talking about this week? Well, you know, we we sat back and we reflected on who needs a light shone on them. (laughs) (laughs) And we thought heterosexual men do. You know, Father's Day is a is a big moment, and why don't we take this moment to to find the men that need a light shone on them? And and so we shall. Get him a get him a torch (laughs) out, finding out those hard to hard to find straight men. So, I mean, they don't have to be straight. It just so happens we have picked four father characters who happen to be straight. So maybe it's our bad. Maybe it's us. But I would claim it was the industry that does not allow um, enough diverse storytelling. I think that's fair. So before we go in and we will reveal them one by one as we go, um, like what, what are your favourite like films about dads? Oh, gosh. Um, what are my favourite films about dads? The first one which actually comes to my head, um, and maybe this is just to go against the grain of every, everything we've just said, is um, Beginners, directed by... Mike Mills, Mr. Miranda July. Oh, my God, he's Mr. Miranda July. Whoa, I didn't know that. Wow, okay, great. Um, so two amazingly talented writing, directing uh, people who somehow have come together. But anyway, more on beginners. Well, beginners, yes. Um, Christopher Plummer, who also, if I think about another dad on screen, if I if I whip it back into the past, The Sound of Music, a very formative experience for me. Um, so Christopher Plummer is ingrained in my head as a movie dad, but Beginners is a, a wonderful film where he is an elder fellow discovering his sexuality um in the later years of his life um and it's just a gorgeous little film and he's just got such good energy in it it's a really memorable performance he obviously won the oscar for supporting actor for it and i just think it's a great one but maybe just christopher Plummer in general the other one that I have to name drop, but we shan't go into it too much because I guess there are a lot of problems in the depiction of a father and it is Mrs. Doubtfire. I I love Mrs. Doubtfire. And even though he's being a really bad dad in Mrs. Doubtfire, there is also moments of him being the loveliest dad. So take that with a pinch of salt and just understand that it's a wonderful film. I thought you were going to say Pierce Brosnan as the hottie stepfather that comes in to help Sally Field recover from you know, the child antics of Robin Williams. Oh, that's um, a good point. He is a good dad figure in that too. So Mrs. Doubtfire actually does uh, open up a lot of fatherly figure options. Um, yeah, peers as well. And then that brings us straight into your choice, which is surely Mamma Mia. <laughs> well, why have one dad in a film when you can have three? Um, and have the storyline be about finding out who you like wanting to meet your biological father and just kind of throwing that out the window to sing ABBA and say, well, why not have all three? 
I think yeah. that's a wonderful, um, <laughs> wonderful thing. Yeah, I guess I, that is a, that is a favorite of mine. Good. Like when I was a kid, like you were saying, Christopher Plummer, Sound of Music. I think there's like musical movie musicals. So, you know, The King and I, Yul Brenner, comes jumps mm-hmm. to mind because yeah, he has, yeah. I mean, however many wives and however many children. Again, you know, we should reflect on that and like all the. Yes. You know, Americanisms that was applied to this story um, of a British woman coming in to teach <laughs> these, like, ignorant people about um, how to live. But to take that back, she, she might play English, but that's no English woman. I claim uh, Deborah Carr. She's Scottish. She's ours. And then I like David Tomlinson in um, Mary Poppins as Mr. Banks, like oh, the sure. one that really jumps to mind. And also in Bedknobs and Broomsticks, he's not their biological father, but like, and he becomes his father figure to them. So yeah, I don't know, all those kind of wrapped up. Um, no, that is good. Musicals, it's a really good place for, for dads in film, actually. You've got lots of delightful ones and lots of really nostalgic favourites. And then, but like when we sat down and talked about this, I found it quite easy to come up with father characters that like resonated with me for whatever reason but and somehow even if the film that they were in were celebrated in other ways um all of the people we've chosen one or two of their co-stars were nominated at least nominated for an academy award yeah which um it's kind of accidental it wasn't we didn't choose for those reasons but that is interesting yes um just to like highlight now, I think one of those reasons is like the the academy or you know the industry in general, sentimental fathers, which is kind of what we're look those are the sorts of characters we're looking for. Sure. And their story orientates around the child and are perhaps not as well regarded critically um as female roles or mothers who would do the same, where they're like, Wow, um like isn't this amazing that a woman's like sacrificed her life to do these things? Um, I'm not sure men get the same treatment. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's because in the, in the cases of it being a sentimental figure type, do you think it's, t- I don't know, taking away from masculinity? Like, what, 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 do you think that's what it is? Yeah. I think that's what it is for sure. So a man is deemed less if they're in any way sentimental. So if you're like looking at, you know, those musicals we referred to, like The King and I and sound of music and even mr banks in um mary poppins they the problem is they're so like yeah. cold and like by the end of the film like all that's changed is that they're like a little bit open like it's not as if they're like, like i know Ms. von trapp is or captain von trapp played by christopher Plummer, sings with the children but he's not done he's no, no julie andrews no. um so no, where she's so motherly and she's so this, and a big part of that story is her becoming this mother. Like uh, just for one example, anyway. Um, but um, I'm really excited to talk about the four people we've um Me too. selected. Me too. So yeah, let's. I guess let's start with the one who, which has quite a you know personal place mm-hmm. for both of us, who is Gary Lewis in. Stephen Daldry's 2000 film, Billy Elliot. What are you doing? Come on, you like creeping Jesus. No. We found your nana in the spa stores. Where have you been? Boxing, where do you think? What are you doing? Have you got me gloves? They were my dad's gloves. You better take better care of them, OK? Oh, Billy Elliot is 
is a really very special film to me. It has been one of my favourite films ever since I saw it as a kid. Probably not long after it came out. Um, it was on TV all the time. I think every Christmas at least once, Billy Elliot used to play in like the mid-2000s. And I'm sure there's a good chance it still does in the UK. Um, and it just really struck a chord with me. I don't think for any personal reason. I've never had ambition to dance, sadly. Um, <laughs> but it's just wonderful. And one of the reasons I love Billy Elliot so much is actually Gary Lewis's performance as Billy's dad in the film. Uh, now, Billy Elliot, if you haven't seen it uh, or you're unfamiliar, is a film about a young boy who discovers um, a love for ballet. One day he's down at the boxing what do you call it? Ring? <laughs> in the bit, boxing in the gym. Boring. Um, and he notices from along the way that there's some ballet classes going on. Julie Walters leading it. So why on earth would you not get want to get involved? Um, so slowly but surely, he does, um, much to the disapproval of those around him when they find out. Um, but there's a big arc there and, and things do come around. But it's a it's a beautiful film. I think it's a really wonderful example of British cinema at its best and at it quite specifically at its accessible best in that I think you can sit anyone in front of Billy Elliot and they tend to get a lot out of it and, and certainly get a really emotional experience from it. Um, and that's something that just never tires for me. And And everyone is amazing in this film, I should say. So I mentioned there Julie Walters was Oscar nominated for this playing... Uh, Mrs. Wilkinson, the ballet teacher, and it's a really wonderful portrayal. She's she's just getting to play th this kind of maternal figure to him. So in the film, Billy has lost his mother. She passed away when he was very young. And momentarily within this sort of, this moment in his life where he's discovering ballet, she fulfills this kind of role in that she's quite maternally warm towards him, but, but does have these very kind of strict tendencies and, and that creates this really lovely back and forth between the two of them. So they sort of fight off of each other. They really seem to get each other in this really wonderful way. Jamie Bell as Billy is amazing and one of the best child performances of all time, I would suggest. Um, but maybe with the hardest job in the film is Gary Lewis playing Billy's dad because He's he's sort of doing the typical thing of a straight father who is faced with a son who wants to do ballet and that he's initially says, like, no, absolutely not. And I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say towards the end of the film is very supportive. But he balances that really well in that he kind of ma maintains what he thinks. What he thinks about it sort of remains, but it's his love that overtakes everything else and the moments in the film where that happens is is just the most gorgeous thing where he's confronted with Billy dancing defiantly in front of him to make the point that this is what I'm going to do this is my life and then Gary Lewis's response to that running away on kind of Christmas day to Mrs Wilkinson's house to to say like you know how do I do this how do I make this happen it's a really emotional and wonderful thing and he hits those beats wonderfully i love it i think he has a hard job and i just think he he nails it but what about you do you do you also love our dear billy 
Um, yes, Billy Elliot is a movie. I remember us renting it, like as a family and watching it at home. So we had rented it from a video shop, if if those people can remember what a video shop was. What's that, Granddad? <laughs> was really, yeah, really, it's a really, as you say, good example. Like there's, a, there's watch, especially watching now, I hadn't watched it in years. You know, there it is cliched, but to tell this mm. accessible story and it's very easy to forgive the, maybe some clunky things because the emotion is so like you're so involved in this story and now watching it Gary Lewis like he gets he kicks off this thir- the third act but once he goes to Julie Walters and he decides to um cross the picket line so he's a miner he's been on strike we see the hardship that has brought to the community but to their family in particular like they have to like they've lost his wife Billy's mother and the one thing that they have to connect them to her still is this piano and they towards the third act chop this piano up for firewood like that's how bad things are but because of his love and because of what he now knows he needs to raise some money to get Billy to this school because Billy loves this and he goes and crosses the picket line and Billy's brother who's still picketing spots Gary Lewis as he's coming going through in the um in the bus and oh my god like I was I was teary anyway with the movie but I was like it was heartbreaking to watch that and I guess as a kid or younger when I watched it it wouldn't have occurred to me like I was so like lost in Mm. Billy's story but that's where like that's where the film truly shines like this is a what is it a five minute kind of sequence of him deciding to get on the bus to go to the mine the sun sees him the the sun runs after him dad you can't go back not now look at this tears man what are we going to do for the first time can't do this not now not after all this time not after everything we've been through but we boy he may be a fucking genius for all we know for fuck's sake dad you can't do this man and they're like break down together on the floor and they're embracing like i'm like getting emotional talking about it now but like it's amazing it's like yes that is exactly what like love is oh it is you know and it, it's hard not to it's hard not or it's impossible not to feel everything in that moment for those characters and as you say he has a hard job to do because you know he is tough on billy he's tough on everyone and then he behaves in this way and it's not a lot of dialogue to explain what's going on it's all kind of internalized but you mm-hmm. believe it all and so no i loved it and i guess when i was young it, it did personally mean something to me because i saw billy's story as similar to my own like i wanted to do things that were not readily available to me in my uh, immediate surroundings it felt like that was a huge dream to be able to, you know, move to a city and do creative things and be whatever um, yeah. it is. But now watching it, I'm like, how is that possible when the film clearly states, like he keeps kind of aggressively stating that he's straight. <laughs> and the film, not even Billy, it's because Billy's quite open in a way to like, yeah. his friend is gay and that's that, whatever. But the film is telling you like, I'm not a puff. Like that's, there are yes. the words he says a-, a few times. And he also like has a like, we, moment with Julie Walters, they're like, do you fancy? You don't fancy me, do you, Miss? So it's it's kind of like you know, I I don't really know why. I and I think if they made the film now, they wouldn't feel the need to be like, this child is not gay. Don't worry, you can get 
onto yeah. this story. But it is upsetting to watch that movie that's only 21 years of age that is like feels the need to consistently remind the audience like don't worry this guy's straight yeah you're watching a film about a boy who likes ballet but it's okay because he's not also gay that would be too much for you to handle i think yeah you're right as much as i love it and it doesn't necessarily change to the extent to which i love it because that's a huge nostalgic thing but it does kind of you know, it now comes with this thing where I'm like, oh, that is very heavy handed. That that really should have not um, been because you're right. It's hammered in quite a few times um, in, in different um, circumstances. It's from its time. I understand it. And I but I just hope like I don't think now if I was whatever age it was, 13, when it came out and watched it, I wouldn't have a connection that way to it because it would be like there. Thankfully, there are other stories I could yeah. watch about young gay people discovering their passion no no that's fair enough that's fair enough the second choice that we came up with was um a similar story to billy elliott and it's um a performance by rari Perrettini in 2002's rail rider see that there look at it closely what do you see lots of little bits of light Directed by Nikki Caro, who recently had a big budget Disney film in the live action Mulan. In this in this role in this film is Keisha Castle-Hughes who was the Oscar nominee. She was nominated for Best Lead Actress. She was thirteen years of age at the time. Wow! And is the second youngest person ever after Covanjene Wallace, um, who was nominated for Beasts of the Wild, who was nine. Whoa! At the time. Wow! Um, but Whale Rider tells the story of Pika and this young girl. Um, I might be getting her name wrong, but I I hope that's right. I think it sounded lovely. Thank you. There's this young girl, um, played by Castle Hughes, Castle Hughes even, God. Um, and she is, by birth, has disappointed her family. So they were looking for a male to of the new generation to come in and lead them um, in the future. But she is a woman... And more than that, her mother died in childbirth. So the head of this family, which is a grandfather, played by Rari Perrettini, is like shut off from her. Like he shuts everything down. He leaves um, the hospital. He doesn't want anything to do with this girl. We cut forward to her being older. Her father, her biological father has left. Uh, so... Her grandfather has kind of taken the mantle of her father, but is also so distant. Um, so thankfully, she does have a grandmother who gives her emotional support. But there is something about this young girl. This young girl really, you know, she's, she's. I mean, there is a trope of like, she's not like the other girls. And that's totally true. Like, she's not very feminine. She's like, she she's interested in being a leader. She naturally, like, she's told not to do something, she'll do it. And not only will she do it, she'll do it well. So there's this great scene between um, her grandfather and herself, where he's trying to fix this boat, um, this motor of the boat. And he's he can't do it. 
and he just walks away. I don't want you to do that again. It's dangerous. Yeah, it could seem. So that really sums her up. So, But he is determined. Like He's like, we're going to get someone. We need someone to be the whale rider and lead our community. And things escalate and escalate until the whales arrive. Uh, these whales like wash up on shore and it's a real disaster. Like they're going to die and they need somebody. They need a young man to come and take ownership of it. Or so they believe they need a young man. And like any good, like hero fairy tale story, um, you know, she does show her value. She shows that she is the whale rider. She is the natural leader. She is all these things, regardless of her gender he's in awe like I'm not going to it continues on further than that so I'm not going to spoil everything about the ending but it's this really like heartfelt charming film I think yeah oh it is no it's really lovely I hadn't watched it before this was a first time for me um and I think from the beginning of the film where all of these tragic things are happening I was like oh gosh is this actually going to be Oh, is this going to be a bit bleak? Oh, I don't know. But it's not at all. It's really, it's really lovely, um, easy watch. It's a, it's something that I think most people would get a lot out of. Um, yeah, I was, I was very charmed by Will Rider. Yes, and, I, and like we said with Billy Elliot, there, you know, it's cliche to the point, like you know, kind of where it's going. You get the relationship. You're like, there's no way they're going to make this story about a grandfather and a granddaughter where he's so harsh on her at the start that there's not going to be like a melting towards her at some point. Like there's this gorgeous, like, again, I'm going to get emotional, but this bit where, you know, he's so annoyed with her and she has this poetry recital performance thing at the school and her poems about her grandfather, like she loves him so much. She's like so... Like she's totally like respects this man and looks up to him and wants to be like him. And he wants none of it based purely on her gender. And um, he doesn't turn up, but she still does the poem. But then you see him and it's like, oh, it's like wonderful. And then like that again, it is like, that's where the film kind of turns. It's like, how could all of that love not be reciprocated? Um but it is because this man is a is a dick basically and I, that's why i think he's so good particularly at this part uh rory because he i don't know he's able to be harsh but you know there's some kind of there's still an understanding why you would look up to him or like why you would you know going back to what we said about we've been trained to expect men to behave in this sort of toxic way um, and to allow it like let it slide but there is a warmth to him. He sees what her talent is and what, like, that she is the leader. He recognizes it, which isn't, you know, I don't want, ma- I don't want films to celebrate toxic masculinity and, and, and male characters just for being a little bit nicer. Mm-hmm. Like, he should not treat anybody the way he treats most of the characters in the film. But still, it's hard not to sit there and be like totally um, moved by their embrace of each other by the end of the film. Mm. No, it's an interesting one, because I think in this case, it's someone especially hardened by this Maori tribal tradition, which he upholds, which he is the chief of. 
and and that is kind of everything to him. So to break it or to compromise to him means a kind of an uplifting of everything he believes in. The, the, the way that the film works is it does challenge it from external players. His wife, so the grandmother in it, is very much like from the off, if he behaves like this, I will divorce him. When she's just a little baby and she's talking to her and he's already disappointed that it's a daughter. Um, but but she immediately is kind of challenging that uh, behavior. And I think that does come in. So he behaves that way, but it is sort of balanced out. And and I guess there is there is good in it in that he doesn't just kind of turn over and suddenly like lovey-dovey. No, he's very straight-faced the whole way through. The only time he's not really straight-faced is when he is sort of doing the, I don't even know what you call them, like the hacker-type um, tribal dances where he's sticking out his tongue and you're like, wow, you actually are very expressive because until this point, you have maintained this steeliness, but but showing a lot in your eyes and giving the audience a lot and, and showing what you are feeling towards this character and everything else. The only thing that is interesting, perhaps, to... I don't know if it contradicts what we're saying, but there is sort of a complexity in... I guess it's her feeling towards him, and that's what you're saying maybe about the poetry recital and still willing him to love her the way she loves him. But literally off the back of the beginning, you have that opening sequence where her mother dies in childbirth and her twin brother dies in childbirth. And then this all happens and then you shoot forward by, I guess, what must be about 10 years or however old she is at that point. Um, And the kind of opening line of this second sequence in the film is her saying, My coddle wished in his heart that I'd never been born. But he changed his mind. And I remember, like, thinking at that point, like, well, already, like, is this, like, everything's turned around at this point? But that's not true. It's sort of this complexity in her feeling. He did because he was taking her to school every day and he was doing all of these things. So their relationship is very up and down and, and that sort of manoeuvres as she's growing up and realising what she sees to be her place. So it is a really interesting dynamic, which you don't necessarily get a lot of by by no stretch on screen so it was good and he was fabulous in it how about we go to our third person who is not toxic he's like the loveliest father you could possibly have no exactly that's a very good segue or from whales to ladybirds it's greta gerwig's ladybird I'm applying to a couple East Coast schools. I need you to help me with the financial aid application, but mom can't know. We, uh, aren't they quite expensive? First, yes, that's why financial aid. Second, I have to get in first. Mom won't be happy about it. Which is why I don't want to fight about it before I have to. Yes, Tracy Letts in Lady Bird doing the polar opposite. Um, Top to bottom, cuddly bear, lovely man, dad. Um, this is just the sweetest dad on film like ever. It's so adorable. Um, so if you haven't seen Lady Bird, it is the story of um, a character played by Saoirse Ronan called Lady Bird. And it's about her sort of end of school days in Sacramento, California, growing up, her kind of conflicts with her mother and her family, and quite especially Sacramento itself and the place she lives in, 
and what she sees for herself, this need to break out of it. She's a creative, so she must go to the East Coast. She can't be tied to sunny Sacramento and the the narrow-mindedness that she perceives to be going on there. Um, And then it's her moving her way towards college and what that then means for her. And again, the kind of conflicts that arise in her family. Um, And you kind of have these wonderful counterpart parents. So Tracy Letts is her father, who's a much smaller part in the film, and to Laurie Metcalf's mother, who's seminal and vital uh, within the context of the film, because those are the two with the fraught relationship. And there's so many wonderful scenes in the film that are prime examples of that, where they seem to be getting on and they're connecting in this really gorgeous way. A scene in the car near the beginning where they're listening to an audiobook of The Grapes of Wrath. And then it just turns in a moment and uh, Lady Bird decides to tuck and roll out of the moving car uh, to get away from the, the argument. And it's... I cannot state enough how incredibly well these two performers play it but a nice counterpoint to it especially is Tracy Letts and and it's not like he's being the well I guess there is kind of element of that old expression of good cop bad cop but I think there's way more to it he just is that way and the chemistry between him and Laurie Metcalf in the film is stunning as well but the scenes between Tracy Letts and Saoirse Ronan in these moments of him wanting to support her in her decision with college or on her birthday. Oh, my goodness. Are you and mom going to get a divorce over this? No. We can't afford to. Dad. (laughs) I'm kidding, no. I love your mom. Does mom hate me? You both have such strong personalities. She doesn't know how to help you, and it frustrates her. I wish she'd talk to me. She will. I know. There's like there's such sweetness and like this intelligent sense of humor. He's just kind of pr- presenting this like dream dad type figure, um, and it's wonderful. The other the thing alongside that though, which for me makes him memorable or like jump out when we talk about you know father characters, is he's really fragile and vulnerable as well. Yeah, like it's very much like he could be easily hurt. So that's, he like treads carefully. So there's, you know, at the beginning, you know, there's this whole commotion with the family because they also live with um, a son, Saoirse's brother and his partner. um, And they're all doing their own thing. And then anyway, this kind of like eruption of activity and quite tense activity ends and he's sat with his paper and you're like, yeah. I understand his role within this family. Yeah. Or not only to like not add to the tension, but also to kind of to just step away and be able to like do his own thing. And we do learn through it, like he's dealing with depression. He has been made redundant, you know, which is I, I, we don't see a lot of this, but that's obviously a huge, you know, conflict um, because um what Saoirse wants to do in the colleges she wants to apply for is expensive. And where Laurie Metcalf's character is loudly telling um, everybody that, that that is that is wrong in whatever way, like she, that's how she naturally sees it. And Tracy lets more quietly kind of contemplates it and supports her enough you know, without really, you know, fucking over Laurie Metcalf. Yeah. Um, like it's one of my favorite films of all time, but yeah, Tracy Lance really stands out. Mm. 
And it's just wonderful. What he's bringing is so great. It's wonderful. Like, he's so good. And I, anyone that's not seen Lady Bird, like, that's one element of this kind of large, like, landscape yeah. of what Greta Gerwig has created. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, and yeah. I assume we will. There's some great supporting characters who I hope when we focus on those actors, we will get to talk about Lady Bird more. Yeah, it's it's an all-round absolute fabulous film masterpiece and like speaking of films where like i feel instantly like emotional like the, the our last choice is um if beale street could talk so the barry jenkins 2018 adaptation of james baldwin's novel and our focus is um coleman domingo that white man baby he wants you to be worried about the money that's his whole game. But if we got to where we are without the money, we can get further. I ain't worried about their money. They don't belong to them anyhow. They stole it from us. They ain't never met nobody that they didn't lie to and steal from. Well, I can steal too. And rob. How do you think I raised my daughters? Shit. What you think is gonna happen? What we make happen. It's easy to say. Not if you mean it. You know, God, the Barry Jenkins way of telling stories is um, like very in, emotionally inviting, I would say. Mm. Particularly with, you know, the music by Nicholas Patel and James Baldwin, who, for me anyway, has a real ability to hone in on like what it means to be human and how to experiencing kind of day-to-day life but in such a heightened way and then you throw in these like this this tragic story really of a young couple who cannot be together because essentially this young man has been accused of something of a rape that he couldn't possibly have done but based on his race um he is he's in jail and at the start of the story it's kind of unclear how long that would be and everything like that but his um, girlfriend is pregnant so the fo- story a lot of it focuses on her kind of and her pregnancy which is why like so in this film it's Regina King who is it's not only Oscar nominated she wins best supporting actress for this film and deservedly so as this very strong-willed mother who would do anything to look after her daughter Mm. Um, or anyone that's kind of she sees as part of her family so and that doesn't have to be um, blood related because she does an awful lot to protect this um, son-in-law or would-be son-in-law yeah and Coleman Domingo plays the father so Regina's um, husband um, and again like Tracy Letts he's a quiet presence you know, Regina is leading that household. So you've got Regina King as the mother. You've got Coleman Domingo, the father. You have Kiki Lane, who is amazing. And she plays like the lead character, Tish. And then they, she has a sister, Tayona Paris. And he jumped into my mind really quickly when we were talking about fathers, because I just remember this real support. Like I remember, so I had read the book before seeing the film. So by the film, time I saw the film, I knew what was going on. But still there's like this sense of like, his confusion like he doesn't know he's trying to like figure out what everyone else thinks about what's happening and he tries to do his best to a support but also be kind of 
responsible and like he's figuring out fatherhood while like supporting his daughter deal with becoming a mother you sure you want this baby yes and finally wants it too it's our baby and and, and it's not his fault that he's in jail. It's not like he ran away. And we've always been best friends ever since we were little. Daddy, you know that. And we'd be married now if it wasn't for that lady lying. He knows it. He knows it. Your daddy knows it. He's just, he's just worried about you. That's all. Hey, don't you go thinking I think you're some bad girl or any other foolishness like that. I just asked you because you're so young. That's all. I mean, to go from Lady Bird to this, like, I would say it is masterpiece to masterpiece. It's amazing. But you're right about everything you've said. And Coleman Domingo is a wonderful presence in it. I think especially for his relationship with Regina King, they have a great chemistry. I kind of like the glances between her and him. She senses he might say something. She shoots him a look. He changes his mind. They get each other. They operate as one unit it's 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 magic but the whole family dynamic like you're saying with the sister and then the other side of the family coming into the mix all of these scenes are great and and his presence there is just luminous and wonderful but to kind of the flip of all of that as well and and very much tied with his relationship with Regina King in the film he's very sexy and sensual as well he's this it's just he is this I'll use it again luminous presence he's wonderful in here but i mean this film is luminous it's it's full of great players but there is something about his energy which is just a gorgeous and perfect fit in what is a gorgeous and perfect film quite frankly yeah and it really strikes me like he could easily be like when that when the family of um the young man who is in incarcerated and is uh, the father of Tish's child um and I should say his name is Stephen James who is also amazing um um but when his family turn up to be told that they will be expecting um a kid like he could easily take charge but he lets like he empowers his daughter like his like Tish is not naturally you know the spokesperson for anything or, or, or anything like that and he kind of he's the one that kind of indicates as you say with Regina but it, it like it's it's him that's really like go on it's like I know you you might expect me to do or whatever but it's you it's you and then she does it and you can tell like he knows like that she's able to do it I don't know I I just I mean that, that a lot of that comes from Baldwin's writing and um, but it's the way it's captured on screen with the performance and the cinematography and everything it's just like magnetic it is wonderful and it does surprise me in general like if Beale Street could talk maybe didn't get you know the acknowledgement in terms of audiences or awards that it should have and um, which I can only put down to like you know if you have Moonlight and Moonlight wins best picture and it's so celebrated you're the film you're going to follow up with is naturally going to be a harder sell because you know, people are expecting something and... Sadly, yeah. But still, I think this is wonderful. Um, and I just hope, like, I'm such a James Baldwin fan, but they just, Keep like, going. adapt more and more. Yeah, just there's so many amazing stories there to tell. Um, but if Bill Street could talk, I ha- recommend reading it and watching the film and listening yeah. to the score. That oh, score is, my like, goodness. on repeat. It is, this, this score is heaven, literally heaven. 
So I feel like so warm, <laughs> like in terms of loved. Also because it is quite warm. And then, but it's I, as humid as we're recording. It is incredibly hard. <laughs> I'm emotionally and physically warm. Yeah, um, the warmth you feel is is a lot of things going on. Whoa. So let's let like, like let's step back as much as I want us to embrace the love and let's play a game. Woo! So what would you like the prize? What's the Father's Day appropriate prize? A child? Would you like a child on your doorstep? Um, uh, no, not, not right now, thanks. <laughs> or would you like a letter inviting you to Greece for some secret party from a child you might have had? Yes, I would. And then I'll go and see Pierce and all my daddies. Oh, I did it. I was going to say we've made it this whole way without saying daddy and I've done it. Oh, no. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Okay, so a letter to fr- a letter inviting you to Greece for a, a secret um, potential uh, paternal paternity test is Great. coming right up. I always wanted an Amanda Seyfried. Oh, I'd love one. Um, okay, so the first question is: How many films have been nominated for Best Picture with "Father" in the title? Whoa. Okay. How many films have been nominated for Best Picture with Father in the title? Okay, The Father. Uh, in the Name of the Father, was that nominated for Best Picture? Yes, it was nominated in... Uh, so it's, that's the 1993 film, just for people who do not know, um, by Jim Sheridan, starring Daniel Day-Lewis and Emma Thompson. God, any bloody excuse to emphasise the Irish films. Um, father, Father, Father. Flags of Our Fathers? No, that wasn't nominated for Best Picture. Um, not even close. No, but I thought it was too, but it was the sequel, um, Letters to... Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, so it's, which were this Clean Eastwood kind of back-to-back films about World War Two. Well, I'm really drawing a blank here. So how about this might help you? There is actually only three, and you've got two of them which oh, is I've very impressive oh wow that's great because okay. i wasn't including the godfathers ah uh, fair enough because that's godfather um, okay but so that would also we're... like double it seeing as all three of those were nominated mm, that's very true okay so one more father i'm trying to think if it will be i reckon it's going to be old yes so i can tell you it was uh the films from 1950 1950 okay I will say, do you want another? Do you want another hint? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to get this one easily. So it was remade in the '90s, and it also had a sequel to that version in the '90s. Father of the Bride. Yeah, the original that starred um, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy. No, no, it's Spencer oh, Tracy. It's just Spencer and, Tracy. Yeah, just just Spencer Tracy. I mean, Diane Keating might have accepted that kind of nothing part um but Catherine Hepburn certainly wouldn't no um absolutely. but Elizabeth Taylor played the daughter so there is wow. a, there's a lot That's of star great. power in that film I didn't even know that right okay great father of the bride very good so just summarize the father this year that was nominated for best picture in the name of the father the 1993 film and father of the bride from 1950 so yeah that was really good you got two very quick Next round. So this is a few questions, um, which I'm going to, you know, put under the category of who's the father? And I mean the holy father or like a priest or a vicar. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
God. <laughs> Playing fast and loose with labels, I am. Um, <laughs> so, number one, you have to guess either who the actor is or what the film is. Okay. So, right. are you ready? I'm ready. Number one. We're going to play First One to Cry Wins. Starting now. I'm playing too. So is Miss Pet. Oh, that's a good one and very fitting. Uh, I unfortunately cannot remember this actor's name, but he is fabulous in this film and he's also great in Fences. Um, it is Lady Bird is the film. But I, I, yes. Can you remind me of his name? Stephen McKin- McKinley Henderson. Stephen McKinley Henderson. is a fantastic actor. God, so he plays, yeah, Father Leviach in um, Lady Bird, who's the person leading um, the drama troupe because they do this <laughs> production of Merry Roll Along, Sondheim, Stephen Sondheim's musical. And he is very emotionally available. Um, and you can see that, you know, he gets a lot out of making these um, these shows with these kids. He's, he's absolutely a joy. Yeah. No, oh, good one. All right. Okay. Number two. I've always felt there's something inherently psychopathic about someone who joins the army in peacetime. As far as I'm concerned, people join the army because they want to find out what it's like to kill someone. I hardly think that's an inclination that should be encouraged in modern society to you. Jesus Christ didn't think so either. And the commandment, thou shalt not kill, does not have an asterisk beside it, referring you to the bottom of the page, where you find a list of instances where it's okay to kill people. What about self-defense? It's a tricky one, all right. Ooh, so it's absolutely Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. And then I immediately have two films in my head where he is a priest, and if it wasn't for the end voice being an adult, I would have been swaying or more torn. But I think it's Cavalry. That is correct. The 2014 yes. John Michael McDonough film. Yeah. A good one. A good one. So, right. number three. This vicar is stopped for speeding, and the policeman smells alcohol and sees an empty bottle of wine on the passenger side floor. And he says, have you been drinking, Reverend? And the vicar says, all innocent like, just water, officer. And the policeman looks over to the bottle and says, well, that looks like wine to me. Wine, cries the vicar. Good Lord, he's done it again. Oh my god, it's only the greatest film of all time. It's uh, Keeping Mum, and that's Rowan Atkinson. That is correct. It's such a good movie. Um, He plays the wife, uh, sorry, he plays the (laughs) husband of Chris and Scott Thomas, um, who, you know, their lives are not perfect. Enter Maggie Smith as this kind of housekeeper who turns their lives upside down, by murdering people in the community that are <laughs> not um, conducive to a happy family life. It is a hoot. <laughs> it is great. Oh, I love it. Oh, good one. Okay, that was a fun one. Right. So last but not least. Tybalt would kill thee, but thou slewest Tybalt. There art thou happy. The law that threatened death becomes thy friend and turns it to exile. There art thou happy. 
Okay, so it's Romeo plus Juliet, and it's Pete Postlethwaite. I think you'll find it's Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo plus Juliet. Excuse me. How- <laughs> oh, I thought you were about to say. I, I, I beg about that's not who plays. I was actually just gosh, I've got I've gone too gung ho. Oh again. no, no, dead right. Fantastic performance. Um, yes. Well, I mean, you've got you did really well there. I did pretty well, and I feel pleased. So you should expect, I don't know what the post is like from Greece nowadays or what the flights are like, you know, with all the restrictions. So, like, but hopefully you'll get to go. It's tricky just now, but I will wait. I'll wait for it. And oh, you will, okay. certainly. As long as Christine Baranski and Julie Walters are coming. Oh, well, that was lovely. Thank you. Thank you for that treat. That was so lovely. You're welcome. And now let's, so usually like we have one person to focus on, we talk about what we want for their future. I think for this, I guess we can talk about, you know, if you want to, about the four actors or filmmakers that we we talked about with the choices, but also about storylines and the types of films we'd like to see with fathers. Mm. And is there anything that jumps out to you from that quite open list? Um, I mean, it's obviously a personal one, and it was the first thing I thought about earlier, and I did sort of touch on it when I brought up Beginners earlier, is is seeing more gay dads in film. There are examples of it. There are good examples of it. There are bad examples of it. But there's really, really not many examples um, of, of gay parents at all. You know, that, that goes for, for women as well. Um, I think there's room for us to have a lot more of that in cinema, but and maybe specifically more, I don't know, male couples or female couples. But as we're talking about, fa- well, no, then that goes both ways. So fathers, it could be either. So male and female couples, um, you know, less heteronormative father figures on screen um, as just a very basic starting point. But there's room for more. Um, and if I'm just going to, you know, be really um, on the nose about it, Coleman Domingo is a gay actor. We have spoken about him here. I would like to see him playing a father again. And why not make it a gay father? So, yeah, there we go. Him and Tracy Letts. No, I'm joking. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no, but I mean, that would be lovely. It's funny. The one, there's, there's one film that jumps out re- that I just saw recently, and I'm mentioning it because I feel like it's, it's such a good example, is St. Francis. That is a very good example. And that, yeah, they're complex and there's lots going on. And Francis mm. is, is, com- is her story and she comes in to like mind the kid. Um, of this same-sex um, lesbian couple. And it's just, it's really, like, the, it was so, like, nourishing almost to watch a story where they were not othered in, in, really at all. In, like, they were having yeah. problems and whatever, but it, nothing to do with their sexuality. It's and amazing. I was quite emotional. So, yes, m- more and more and more of those stories, please. More. I there one thing I'm like, kind of thinking about diverse stories, whatever. I, I mean, as you know, because I talk about it all the time. I'm a little bit obsessed with Pose, the TV show, which just recently ended. And one of the storylines there was about this trans character getting married, and they were from uh, a Latino African American background, and they they wanted to approach their biological father to be involved in the wedding and that this is a real short scene um 
but there's something in it where I'm like, isn't like there's something to be expanded in that. Like there was so like much richness in it. Um, so I would take like that nugget of an idea and expand it into a whole film because God knows like there's so much that could be done if it's done well within yeah. that sort of um, framework. I love that. Great. And all, I'm just going to flag because this is a TV show which is problematic in lots of ways, but also deals with a parent who is transitioning, transparent. Mm-hmm. And so it's Jeffrey Tambor who plays the parent who is transitioning from male to female. They perceive themselves to be very liberal kind of family. But when it comes to, you know, this parent transitioning, there's a lot of like their re- religion comes into it like their identities questioned and it's really like sometimes really gorgeous examination of a family and about identity and which does expand outside of the the transitioning character but that is another good example and something which is just would be like it's so rich there's so much more that could be looked at Mm -hmm. yeah and i would cast trans people just to be like clear i would love to see more representation and if that's the first step into getting trans actors more on screen then let it be and then let them let everyone play anything that's grand but we need to open the door first no exactly so it's less tracy lets more trace lisette aha or mj rodriguez who i'm obsessed with again who plays who's in pose basically all the pose people just put them on all these movies yeah is there anything else you have um, well, maybe to kind of go back to, I mean, how boring, we should probably end on this, you know, very optimistic um, note on diversity in cinema and inclusiveness. But this is also still kind of the same idea, is is kind of what we were getting from Tracy Letts and Lady Bird, is more examples of fragile men who are dealing with mental health issues in what is a healthy and interesting way and I think it's good to get more stories out there about men and fathers having these struggles because it's incredibly common and it's certainly not something I can think of being addressed in film it's more often than not it's female characters mothers with mental health and issues so maybe maybe more kind of leaning into that and 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 having an open mindedness towards those stories and sharing because we're in a time where we do need to get men talking and maybe if there was more stories that men could relate to then i think that would be a really positive thing yeah no i totally um i totally agree one more i had just on that because so there's a book um a little life i don't know if you've ever read it no. Um, it's this exploration of four characters and then it um, focuses in on details of their life and how they got to that position. And, you know, I don't want to reveal too much, but there is a really gorgeous depiction of a relationship between a father figure. Um, uh, the character's name is Harold Stein and um, Jude. And Jude is, is quite, has a, has a lot going on and that dynamic between the two I think it's like it's one of the it's just so well written and so like so good I'm really nervous about suggesting a little life to be adapted into a tv show or to a film because it's it's quite like a delicate 
sort of it's very heavy there's a lot going on in it but if it was done well like i'd love to see it i would love to see it and i've been trying to think like for this like who would i get to direct it like barry jenkins does jump to my mind if he was interested someone like that who could like really harness the kind of rawness in it and like the sort of like um fragility between people and connection it's it's i really highlight i recommend this book if you're feeling you know up to reading a quite heavy you know it's it's not a short book um but yeah it's a really wonderful depiction of a father figure great and remind me of its name again so that's um a little life by hanya yanagahara um yeah real special special read but yeah as you were saying like all the stories um like i I mean, I think it comes across to anyone that listens to to our podcast. Usually, we would be um, busy <laughs> trying to get stories of underrepresented people on screen rather than, you know, traditional stories about fathers. So, yeah, all of them. Yeah, of them. there we go. All of them. Open it out. All the good things. All righty. Well, I think that takes us to the end of our conversation on fathers for this father's day special and as per usual please do get in touch let us know who your favorite cinema fathers are or anyone tell us whatever you want and you can get us at don't know her pod at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram or twitter at don't know her underscore pod Yes, yeah, so happy Father's Day to everyone and all the father figures and ever everything that is, you know, doesn't have to be what we're told um, is traditionally a father. And um, yeah, love yourself. And if you can't love yourself, who the fuck is going to love you at all? Is that what Rue says? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> not even close. How the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen? <laughs> um, yeah, what a pleasure. Okay. Well, we'll see you next time where we go back to our usual focus on an individual and it's going to be someone really special. Ooh, don't pick it up too much. What if they're not special at all? Just kidding. Of course they will be. All right, till next time. Bye-bye, Michael. Bye.